Hello and welcome to the Dormic Park Podcast Show. We're your hosts, Perry and Brayton. Today we will be interviewing a very special guest, Mr. Curtis Pope. Hi, Mr. Pope. Welcome to the show. Thanks. It's great to be here. Curtis Pope is a radio DJ for Country 107 FM in Abbotsford. By the way, congratulations on 10 years in the business. Oh, thank you very much. It's actually been 17, but 10 here in Abbotsford, which has been uh, incredible. It's been a great run here. Would you like to tell us a little bit more about yourself? Oh, what can I tell you about myself? Uh, well, I'm the uh, father of three kids that have all gone to Dormick Park, uh, my youngest being Cassidy, who's still here, and my oldest boy being at uh, Abbey Senior, Dylan, and Abbey Middle has Cody. So they've all gone through this uh, school. I know it's a great school. Um, I'm, a, uh, I, I'm a big cartoon fan. I uh, still love watching cartoons with my daughter and my sons. Uh, I'm a big sports fan and obviously a huge, huge music fan. That's why it's great to be in a room with a big picture of Steve Ray Vaughan on the wall. How does it feel to be interviewed instead of being the interviewer? Well, I'm not going to lie to you. It's a little strange because I'm so used to being on the other side of the interview uh, and having the question line in, in, in front of me talking to people about what they do and, and what's so interesting about them, whether they be a politician or an actor or a comedian or a musician. So this is completely different to be sitting here having uh, people ask me questions. I guess it's probably good payback for all the times I've interviewed people over the years. Yep. What was it like going to school to become a radio DJ? Well, that was actually really interesting, and uh, and it was a long, long trip. And that uh, when I graduated high school, I started taking night school classes at uh, BCIT, the British Columbia Institute of Technology in uh, Burnaby, and uh, I started taking some night school courses in radio to make sure it was something that I wanted to do. When I was about eighteen, nineteen, I started doing that. Well, it took me a few years to go back full time. Finally, at twenty five, I went back full time, did the two year program. And uh, back then, the programs changed a lot. You would have to um, go to classes during the day, but the radio station ran 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So you might have to do an overnight shift for a week and yet go to classes during the day and try to get four or five hours of sleep in the evening and go back to school again. So there was a lot of <clears throat> napping in the car, finding a free studio where you could catch 15 minutes of sleep, and uh, a lot of coffee to get through the program. Whoa. But it was a uh, it was a great program. They uh, put out a lot of great broadcasters over the year and some mediocre ones like myself. But they have uh, a really good program there. And uh, it was it was two intense years, but uh, it really did uh, prepare me for the industry. Is your job fun? My job is a blast. I, I, <laughs> I can't tell you how much fun my job is. The t no two days are alike. That's the best part about the job. Like, for example, today. Here I am sitting in your classroom being interviewed. That's not something that happens every day. Uh, one day I've, I've interviewed uh, Larry the Cable Guy. You might know him. He's Mater in uh, Cars. Whoa. Yeah, I got to interview him Whoa. one time and Jeff Foxworthy and, and some of the biggest Canadian country artists and country artists like Jason Aldean and Keith Urban and uh, people like that. So I get to talk to some really interesting people all the time. And then on the air, you never know what's going to happen. It can be everything from just going in and having fun and having things go a little bit sideways because you drop your paperwork and you have to recover and react to it. It can be a case of, uh, you know, some really tragic things happening and you have to respond to that and let people know, you know, like uh, I was on the air when the whole incident happened at Abbey Senior last year, which was, uh, you know, frightening and scary and awful all at the same time. But I had to let people know because there were a lot of parents wondering what was going on, including me, because my kid goes there. So when they were under lockdown and everything else, I'm having to broadcast to people 
as little information as we had to try to calm people down while trying to calm myself down because I didn't know what was going on. And that was scary. It was very scary, but uh, that's 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 one of the things you have to do with this job is sometimes you have to go on and, and you get to go on and have fun, kid around, joke around, play great music, but other times you sometimes have to do some real serious stuff too. And I, was, uh, I wasn't on the air September 11th in uh, 2001, but I had a lot of friends who were. It was my day off, but I did have to go back the next day. And uh, it was... It was a difficult day at work, to say the least. Probably the worst day of my life when it comes to work. Who inspired you, or why did you choose to become a radio DJ? Okay, well, that's a, that's a long, long story. How can I shorten that down to a Coles Notes version? Uh, when I was about eight or nine, a little younger than you guys, I was at a party with my, uh, my dad and my mom and, and a bunch of my dad and mom's friends, and their one friend called her Auntie Betty. She was talking to me. And uh, she asked me what I wanted to do when I grew up. And I didn't really know. And I loved sports. Loved sports. Still do. I was a big hockey fan, a baseball fan. And, you know, you know, kind of wanted to be a hockey player, but I couldn't skate. So that was kind of out. So uh, this, this friend of the family, Auntie Betty, said to me, have you ever thought about being a broadcaster? And I went, a broadcaster? No, I, I haven't really thought of that. She goes, well, you can use your love of sports and then have a job in the field, kind of. And I mean, at the time, my voice, I mean, I was kind of like, you know, I sounded like Mickey Mouse. I didn't sound like this. So I'm like, okay, I'll do it. <laughs> you know, I was kind of like that. So I went to, uh, I, growing up then from that point on, I wanted to be a broadcaster. And uh, when my voice changed, I was very fortunate. It went uh, down a few octaves from my Mickey Mouse voice. And uh, I ended up with this voice, you know, when I was about 14. And everything just kind of lined up. Now, who inspired me? Now, that... Uh, that's an easy one. Uh, there was a gentleman who did the Vancouver Canucks broadcast by the name of Jim Robson. And he was one of the all-time greats in broadcasting hockey games. And there was another gentleman by the name of Red Robinson. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. He's in the Broadcasters Hall of Fame in this country. He's in the BC Country Music Association Hall of Fame. He's in every Hall of Fame known to man, basically. He's an incredible broadcaster who was there when rock and roll started. He brought Elvis out at Empire Stadium when they played in Vancouver. He brought the Beatles out when they played in Vancouver. His studio was full of pictures of just rock and roll royalty. You know, Johnny Cash, people like that. Wow. And I got to work with him as my first job. I got to push buttons for him. So he was one of my heroes, and I got to work with him, and he's still a friend of mine to this day. I'm a big hockey fan, too, and like just now the Canucks broadcaster, John Shorthouse, and just listening to him, like I get... I got inspired to um, do this podcast, and yeah. Oh, Shorty's great. You know, he's a, he's a great broadcaster as well, and he does a great job of calling the play-by-play. And uh, and well, he himself has said that Jim Robson was one of his heroes. So I can understand his enthusiasm for what he does and, and why he does it for sure. How do you feel when you're on the air? Do you feel nervous? You know, funny enough, I do. Uh, I get a little bit nervous every day the first time I open up that mic. There's always just a little bit of nerve still. Same thing when I go on stage if I'm emceeing an event. Uh, even coming in here, there's just a little bit of nerves. But that's good. It's a good nervous energy that kind of keeps you on your toes, keeps your energy up. And uh, with uh, without that, I think it would be uh, maybe it would be time to call it quits if I didn't have that anymore. But uh, being on the air, it's it's uh, other than being around my family, my daughter's here, I had to say that. Uh, other than that, I would say that being on the air, those four hours of my day are, are, are the best part of my day because I get to be creative, I get to have fun, and I get to listen to great music. Well, that's really cool. Yeah.
I, I like listening to music as well, and music just really calms me down. That's a great thing about music. Music can calm you down. It can psych you up. I mean, there's a there's a song for any mood you're in, and that's why there's things called music therapy, where people use uh, music to various therapies for different things, different disorders, different problems. Uh, it's uh, music can do a whole lot of things. It can cheer you up. It can make you sad. It can make you remember things, and uh, that's that's why I love music, and that's why I love all types of music because there's just so much there. By the way, do you go on any vacations? <laughs> do I go on vacations? Not as often as my wife and kids would like, um, but we do go on vacation. Usually uh, we go on a summer vacation at some point, uh, you know, with the, the, all of us. But uh, I do tend to uh, like to work. In fact, uh, uh, <laughs> this is a little something that's become a bit of a joke with people I work with and with my wife. I haven't taken a sick day in my radio career, so I'm at 17 years without a sick day because uh, I love my job so much. Plus, if I'm sick, I like to share. My mom taught me to share. No, that's what I tell my coworkers. Uh, it's just, I, it's, with this job, it's not a physical job, so it's, uh, it's, it, you have to be really sick not to be able to get on the microphone and, and talk. So I, I like to go to work if I'm sick. If I'm, even if I'm sick as a dog, I'll drag myself in. <laughs> Is your perfect attendance for 17 years a world record? I don't know if it's a world record. Uh, you know, again, going back to sports, Cal Ripken Jr. was a favorite of mine when I was growing up, and he had that incredible streak of games played. And uh, uh, I guess I just kind of, when you get a streak like that going, you want to keep it going. And after a while, you kind of become a little obsessed with it. So there's a couple times now where even my wife goes, ah, oh, you're fine, go to work. You know, because she's like, you, you can't ruin it now, you know, after this many years. Do you face any challenges as a radio DJ? Absolutely. There's a lot of challenges, um, different challenges. Like, uh, for example, radio is a, we like to call it a bit of a shrinking industry. And that there's not as many jobs as there was, say, 10 years ago or 20 or 30 years ago. Uh, because of technology and advancements and that, we don't need as many people in the building. So uh, that's one challenge is that the industry is getting smaller. I think last check, there was about 1,800 people in Canada that were, Radio personalities, Whoa. so there's not a lot of us. <laughs> so it's uh, it's getting a little smaller and smaller. Um, but the, one of the bigger challenges, of course, is, and you know this from hosting this, is having to be creative, get question lines, and do that on a daily basis. So I, I by no means have a physically challenging job because I, well, I sit in a chair much like this with a microphone and a board in front of me. But mentally. There's a lot of challenges of trying to be creative, trying to come up with something new, trying not to say the same thing I've said a hundred times before, and uh, just finding different ways to look at things. That's that's a big part of the job. Do you have like an office in the building? I do. I have a nice little office in the building. Uh, you know, I got a window, which is a, a, a plus because not everybody has windows in their building. And uh, I've got uh, lots of pictures of all the artists that have come through the station over the years. And actually, I have a weird combination. Everybody laughs because we've had a lot of wrestlers come through Abbotsford because of the Abbotsford Agri Fair. So as you go through my wall, you'll see a bunch of artists. There's Paul Brandt, there's Dean Brody, there's Jess Moskaluk, there's the Million Dollar Man, there's Bruce the Barber Beefcake. And it's just kind of this weird collection of 8x10 autograph photos. But uh, it's, I just want the room to be kind of fun and creative because that's what we do in there with the announcers come in and we have meetings because I'm also the program director, so I'm in charge of everything that goes on the air. So uh, we, like to, we like to keep things fun and creative as much as possible in the radio station. Would you like to share any funny moments or stories with us? <laughs> oh, let's see, which ones can I share? Um, there's been a lot of, of funny moments. A lot of times things 
can go a little sideways. Uh, but that's the beauty of live radio is that you have to react and, and try to make it ha- you know, work. I remember one of my first days on the air, I was up in Prince George, British Columbia. I'd been on the air for maybe a week, and I was reading about this event that was happening on, on BC Day. And as I was reading it, I realized I didn't have the second piece of paper telling me where this event was. So here I am. I don't know where anything is in town. I've only been there a week. And I'm reading about this big BC Day family day in the park. But I have no idea what park it's in. So I'm reading along. I'm like, I don't know how to get out of this. So I just go, (laughs) and it's all going on at the park. And I end my break. And my phone lights up. Listeners, hey, new guy, what park would that be? It was Fort George Park, by the way. It's burned in my memory now. But uh, that was one moment. Another time I had a, a pretty pretty big artist on the phone for an interview. Her name is Terry Clark. She uh, is a member of the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, but she's originally out of Medicine Hat, Alberta. And I had her on the line, and she, this was at the height of her fame. And the phone rings. I get her on the board, and I go to punch her up to get her recording on the computer, and the phone hangs up on her. Okay. Technical problems happen. These, this is not a problem. Maybe she'll phone back. She phones back. Great. Go to connect her again. Disconnects. I'm like, are you kidding me? Really? It's Terry Clark. Okay. She phones a third time because she's that nice. And I immediately hang up on her again. <laughs> Turns out we had something break in the board, so when we hit that button, it would disconnect the phone. But uh, that was a very, very stressful moment in my life, I thought. I'm never going to talk to her again. Um, I'm going to get blacklisted by the record label. I'm never going to have another interview. Well, it turns out I had her in studio about two years ago for an hour. She co-hosted with me. She was a riot. We laughed about that moment because she hadn't forgotten it. (laughs) And uh, we had a great time. So it kind of came around full circle. How hard is it to become a radio DJ? Well, you know what? That's actually something that uh, it is kind of difficult. I'm not going to lie. You have to generally go through school. Uh, and there's several great ones across the country, from BCIT to uh, to Nate and Sate in Alberta, and of course there's Ryerson in Ontario and uh, and Humber College as well that, that put out great broadcasters. Uh, so you have to go to school generally. It's a two to three year program depending on the facility, and uh, then you have to get out and get that first job. And this job doesn't pay a lot when you're starting out. It's kind of like being a teacher. <laughs> so it doesn't pay a lot when you're starting out. So you're eating a lot of craft dinner and a lot of leftovers from they brought free pizza to the station on Friday and not everybody ate it all so you take it home so there's a lot of uh, a lot of tough moments starting out and that's why you weed out a lot of people in this industry I graduated with about 34 people uh, there's three of us left on air doing what I do because it uh, it is a challenge having to try to be creative energetic yeah, have yeah. fun everything like that and uh, and the money doesn't come until later on. I'm still waiting for it. So <laughs> so it is definitely a challenging career to get into, but it's a worthwhile career. I mean, like I said, every day is different. It's fun. I mean, my, my daughter goes to school. A lot of you know her. She's got to do a lot of really cool, fun events and see some really cool things. Uh, you know, I even got to take her to Katy Perry a couple of years ago. So, you know, she, she's lucked out over wow. the years, as, lo- as all my kids have. <laughs> Could you give us any tips for podcasting? Well, I think you're doing a great job to start. I mean, how long have you guys been doing this? Uh, a couple like, of weeks. See, I'm turning it around. I'm interviewing you now. So you've been doing this a couple of weeks, and you've done, I think, four or five podcasts now? 
This is the fifth one. This is the fifth one. Yeah. So you're doing a great job. You've done a bunch of podcasts. You've got great leadership in Mr. Hipwell here teaching you guys what to do. So I think you're on the right track already. Uh, the biggest thing when you're interviewing somebody and, and you're doing a great job of that already is that you're listening to what I say. Because you might ask me a question from your question line, but I might say something that requires a follow-up question because you're interested in hearing more. So the biggest part is to be prepared which you obviously have your, your, your questions in front of you, and, uh, and listen, because you know I might say something that comes at you at a left field, and you're going, wait a minute, I need to know more about that. Why did he go there? And uh, you might want to know more about a particular topic, so then your question line kind of goes to the side, and you kind of come back to it. You're doing, you're doing a fine job over there, gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you for coming to our show, Mr. Pope. We hope you enjoyed it. Absolutely. This was a lot of fun. Uh, not something I've done before, so it's a new experience. And uh, hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed the process as well. And thank you listeners at home for tuning in to our podcast show. And a very special thanks to Max and Jacob on Tech Behind the Scenes. We're your hosts, Perry. I'm Brady. Goodbye. Goodbye.